Well, the first Sunday of a new decade. Who would have thought they would be alive in the roaring 20s? Who would have thought? I want to get our PowerPoint up and running and I want to uh, just begin by talking about goals. This is an intro to goals. Heavenly Father, help us to be open to your word this morning. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would wash over us and that, Lord, we would receive what it is you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, There was an end-of-year lunch that I attended with people who are in ministry and we're sitting around there. Uh, I just ordered a double espresso, someone ordered a some fancy vegan thing, someone ordered some fancy keto thing. It was all happening around this table. And what I discovered during the conversation was some of the younger folk there, maybe in the late 20s, early 30s, I'm not really sure, they were talking about having for the first time in their life a financial plan, a budget. Now, whether I'm naive, whether I'm, I'm just silly, whether I have no idea, but I, I, was, I thought they were joking. You mean, doesn't everyone have a budget? (laughs) So I learnt, so I learnt. And they were absolutely enjoying the freedom that came with having a plan for their finances. They were saying that for the first time we're possibly saving for a house deposit or another world trip. For the first time, one person even said there, I feel like a real adult now. I thought, these are guys in their late 20s, early 30s. These are guys having a kid or just about to have it. I think, how can you not have a... I, I just... I, I, thought, I, I thought they were joking. I thought they were joking. They said in particular that they were very... Uh, feeling very satisfied because it was one of their resolutions that they made the year before. Who here loves New Year's resolutions? I don't think I've ever made a New Year's resolution in my life. These are the top 10 resolutions, revolution, resolutions that people make. Help others, learn something new, get out of debt, exercise, lose weight. Who here's got a few Christmas kilos to shed? Quit smoking, enjoy life more, more family time, exercise, lose weight. Roughly a third of us are planners. So let's take this side. This is my side, okay? These are the planners. A third of us naturally plan. We naturally have goals. We naturally have things that we want to achieve. This third, these guys hate goals, hate plans, can't stand the idea of even thinking about a New Year's resolution or a goal of a plan. And these guys in the middle, ah, you know, occasional goal here and there, doesn't really matter, doesn't really bother them. You know, we have to have a plan, don't we, guys? We've got to, we've got to know where we're going. We've got a roadmap. We, we know where we're going. We don't, have, we don't need a roadmap. We'll be fine. And here, hey, there's street signs. I've got Google on my phone. I'll be okay. We'll be fine. Out of those who make New Year's resolutions and, and generally make plans, about 45% actually keep them. 45% keep those after 30 days. So the time's ticking. For those who made some plans, if you still keep your resolutions and goals kind of happening, you are in that 45% 45 
uh, it really drops off after that. It's left to about 15% by the end of the year. Um, it seems as though females are better at keeping their commitments than males. Woo for the ladies in the house. Woo! Okay, I'm the only cheering one here. My first point this morning is that resolutions and dreams are nothing without a plan. Resolutions and dreams are nothing without a plan. Research suggests that resolutions in particular and even some plans and goals just tend to be too broad. They lack any clarity. They tend to be too open. There's no real focus, no plan. They tend to be too hard. The size of the task of the resolution is so big, it's not broken down into bite-sized chunks. And there's no accountability, there's no tick boxes, or there's no one checking in with you saying, how are you going with that? In other words, dreams without the dreams will remain dreams if they don't have a plan. Which is why dreams and plans work together for the other. Dreams and plans go hand in hand. The dream helps focus the plan and the plan helps focus the dream. You can't have one without the other, Judith. You need both. And so to have a plan and to have a dream is a necessity. Without, a dream is just a dream. But a goal is a dream with a plan and a deadline. You might not have heard of Harvey McKay. He's this uh, business guru. You know his claim to fame? Inventing, this is probably very old now, but he's made a lot of money, Inventing that post-pack that you put photos into safely that keep them straight. He invented the post-pack and then invented this uh, range of uh, postage post-packs and made a lot of coin out of it. He said a dream is just a dream, but a goal is a dream with a plan and a deadline. Now let's just unpack this a bit more. Dreams. We talk about dreams, we're talking about goals and visions and hopes talk about plans, we're talking about hows and whens and whos and efforts. Why? Well, because we want to do something beyond where we are. We want to look for something better. We want to look for something new. We want to secure something that we already have or might have. In John chapter 15, it's got this really beautiful phrasing, verse 2 and 5 in particular. But John 15, this passage is a well-known passage. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Do you think the gardener has a plan? Do you think the gardener has a vision, a dream? Uh, I don't know how Pam does it, but that garden at the front of the church, th- there's a plan there. I don't know how Pam sees it in her head. I just see plants and think it's amazing. My best efforts of plants, I reckon 50% chance is death. The other 50% they might live. And it's hard to kill agapanthers, but I've done it. God comes along in our lives and He looks at the places that have fruit, that are good but He prunes it. There's a plan, a plan that God has for our lives to change us, to adjust us, so that we might do what? Bear better fruit. Bear better fruit. 
It's okay to have goals and plans for something more, for something better. Where does that come from? It comes from God. The opposite, maybe, is from Proverbs chapter 6. And I just love how the Bible describes... The Bible's talking to a person known as the sluggard. Imagine going through life known as a sluggard. A slug. Go to the ant, sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer, no ruler. Yet it stores its provision in the summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? I think sometimes we don't make goals because we know we can't keep them. We've had a go at that before. We've tried that before and it hasn't worked out. But I also think we don't make goals because we have perhaps a misunderstanding. We, 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 we can misunderstand our way through life. Apologise about the English there. You see, we... We accept that if we're good, we're, we're loved, yeah? Good things happen to us, we must be doing the right thing. There's like this equation, I do good and then I receive love. And the same equation is when things go bad, it's maybe punishment. It's incredible how we really think like this at times. We don't necessarily say it out loud, but in our subconscious, we just have this sense that maybe because I didn't do this or I didn't do that, maybe I'm being, you know... I got what's coming to me. Yet, that's not what you see in the Scriptures. You see, people and character in the Scriptures, when, they, when you look at their story, there is lots of bad things going on there. Lots of bad things going on. Yet, they don't say, yes, I've done bad, this is what was coming to me. You look at Nehemiah, just a guy, a slave in the king's castle there, uh, you know, being carried away from his homeland. He has a dream. And then that dream becomes a set of goals and then he heads back to his homeland, tries to pull these people together to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and then continues to have opposition. Who here likes to quit after the first little bit of opposition? What if Nehemiah quit? What if he stopped? What if he said, you know what, maybe because people are, you know, I've got fighting on the inside, I've got fighting on the outside, maybe this was actually the wrong thing to do and I misheard what God said. I'm just going to back right out of here. Or, or would you say Job? I mean, let's just not go there, shall we? What about Joseph? He just got the latest Nike colourful jacket, that's all he got, and he wore it proudly. And then he just goes through this series of trauma. Why? Did Joseph say, yeah, I guess I got what I'm coming, I, I guess I've been bad, I guess this is what's happened to me? And then when things are good, it's like, yeah, I guess I've been good, so now God's blessing me? The, the picture of these people in Scripture is not about whether good things or bad things happen. They remain steadfast in their faithfulness. Doubts? Absolutely. Questions? Absolutely. Concerns? Absolutely. Yet faithful in their goals, faithful in their dreams, faithful in their hopes. And I think it's because in the process of goal-setting and having dreams... There is this intentional interaction that is supposed to take place with God. With God. My fourth point is that God is with us now and every day and in everything. God's desire is to live life with you. To live life with you. Not far from you. Not away from you, but actually with you. 
God is interested in what you're doing, what you're thinking. God is interested in what you're planning, what you're hoping for. God, uh, I don't believe, has ever gone from heaven to earth to see what you're watching on Netflix. I'm really enjoying a documentary on Netflix at the moment. But I don't read that in the passage of Scripture where God came down from heaven to see how the people were, you know, just uh, like the sluggard, doing nothing. God did come down to see people who had a plan and who were doing something. In Genesis 11, it says, The Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If it was one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. I want you to see the profoundness of this small passage that these people were doing something that was not of God, that was uh, in the opposite direction to where God had told them to go, yet God came down to see what they were doing. I want you to know that God will come down and He does know and He does see what you're doing even when you're not in His will. So many people are worried about, am I in the will of God or not in the will of God? Well, God's there in both circumstances. What does that say about God? He really wants to be there with you. Whether you're in His will or whether you're not in His will. Whether you're building a tower to the heavens or whether you're building something that He's laid upon your heart. God's interested in your thinking. Henry Ford said, thinking is the hardest work out there, which is probably the reason why so few engage in it. You know, it's hard to sit still and think. Who finds that? I mean, there's a, there, there is an interruption. Like, it's, it's guaranteed. Uh, towards the end of December, I came in here to pray. I thought, I, I just got to stop what I'm doing. I'm just, just going to have a time of, of prayer. So I came into the church. It was one of those really hot days, and I just sat somewhere there, and I'm sweating, and I'm trying to pray. I'm, I'm trying to have some quiet time, some thought time. Do, do you think I was successful? I lasted not even five minutes. I just couldn't get my head cut. I couldn't think. It just everything was just coming in and I was just distracted in every way. It's really hard to think. It's really hard to pray. It's really hard to spend time with the Lord. And so that brings us to this passage for our series on goals. Commit your works to the Lord. Submit and trust them to Him. And your plans will succeed if you respond to His will and guidance. Proverbs 16 and verse 3. My awareness of goals and dreams has changed. I used to think that I used to set the goals and then just kind of run with it and try and find out if that's what God wanted me to do. And if I got the tick and the green light, that was good enough for me and I was away. I've, I've, I've really come to a place where I realise that that's, that's not the whole picture. Can I tell you what the whole picture is about dreams and hopes and goals? The whole picture is the process of engaging with our God on those things. Of of bringing those things to God and say, God, I've, I've got this idea, I've got this dream, I've got this goal, I've got this hope. 
engaging with God as if he was a real person, as if he was there in, 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 in the flesh, engaging with him in such a way that intentional process of discussion and seeking does something to us so powerfully. There is something in us that wants to set goals, that wants to have hope. It comes from God himself. In fact, God involved us from the very beginning when he said, hey guys, name the animals. And God was there as the animals were named. I just wonder if the dog wasn't actually called a dog, it was actually called an og. God said, you sure about og? And Adam went, dog? Yeah, let's go with dog. It was a collaborative process where, where Adam was creating, but God was with him. And together, they, they did something. They named the animals. I just wonder if it would change your perspective if, if your goal setting and, and if your plans and if what you hope for, what you dream for, I just wonder if it would help you if you went, God is interested in what I'm thinking. God wants me to engage with him. God, God desires that I, I engage with what is stirring in my heart and I bring that to Him and I engage in this discussion with Him. I don't think we do it enough. I don't think we do it enough. I think we just relegate goal setting and dreams and hopes and things like that to just some sort of an administrative headache. Yet relationally, it's one of the most powerful things you can do with someone. Get with them and share your ideas and share your hopes and share your dreams. Shouldn't that be for God? Shouldn't that be with Him? Shouldn't we be engaging with God in those things? Now, you may think, well, well, Ben, uh, can you give me some scripture? You've talked a lot this morning. Thanks for asking. Psalm 37 and 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord... And He will give you the desires of your heart. Can you see the relational aspect of that scripture? Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. What are your hopes? What are your plans? What are your goals? Well, delight in the Lord. There's this engagement. There's this two-way two street. May He give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. How can you do that unless you're talking to Him, unless you're engaging with Him, unless you're sharing with Him? Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Who here would like their steps established by the Lord? Well, that, that means an engagement with God. That means a, 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 a soft heart and listening ears and a desire to, to hear from the Lord in what you're doing in the smallest things and the big things. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. Okay, Ben, that's the Old Testament. Well, Jesus said this, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Do your plans, do your actions, does the use of your time and resources, does it really seek the kingdom first? How do we seek the kingdom first? We submit our plans to Him and we trust Him and, and we allow ourselves to be guided by Him. Jesus says, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. I mean, this is a relational aspect. 
of God wanting to be there with you as you plan, as you set goals, as you work towards it. Prayer must be part of it. What goals, what hopes do you have? What seems impossible is possible for God. There are some impossible things that some people face. There are some impossible hopes that people have. Well, we, we, we need to engage with our Heavenly Father. Those are the desires that He's placed upon our heart. We delight in Him, we walk with Him. Paul takes it and says this, Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I wonder if in 2020 you might have a goal or a plan. I wonder if you might take a step, maybe be brave, have a bit of courage, have, have some hope that what God has placed in your heart is there for you to pursue. Jesus is really keen on your dreams and on your plans. He says this in Luke 14, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower, a goal. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost, have a plan? If you lay the foundation and you're not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build but was unable to finish it. You know, I think that happens in our hearts, doesn't it? When things don't go the way we hope for, when things don't go the way that we plan for, when our hopes, don't, uh, when our hopes aren't realised, we, we sense this ridicule on the inside of us. We don't need people ridiculing out there. There's enough ridicule going on in here and in here. And so we reach a point where we no longer set goals and we no longer have dreams. It's too much. I wonder if in 2020 we might set some goals, maybe some physical goals. Don't look at me like that. Some relational goals, financial goals, lifestyle goals, learning goals, retirement goals. You know, most people don't think about retirement until they're about to retire. Some spiritual goals, some experiential goals. These are great goals to have. Maybe, maybe it's something you can do is, is you can tick the boxes in, in learning and spiritual. You can go, you know what, I'm going to read through the New Testament this year. This year is the year when I read that New Testament through, where I take in the Word of God afresh, where I seek Him and, and something happens to me in that process. Proverbs 16 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do and He will establish your plans. Finally, the cool of the day. In Genesis 3.8, those in the garden had sinned and they were hiding. What does the Word of God say? It says that God came looking for Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. We've had some hot days, haven't we? We were down the beach and and it was hot, and all of a sudden the wind changed and it got cold. The cool of the day came. What's God like? God's like a cool breeze on a hot day. What's it like being in the presence of God? It's like, it's like going out of a battle zone where there's heat and sun and, and being in the presence of this beautiful, cool breeze. I, I, I wonder if I wonder if you might give to God your hopes, your dreams, your plans, your goals. But, but not just give them to Him and, and wait for something, but to really engage with God, to, to talk to God as if, as if He was a person. 
I think that's how our relationship with God is supposed to be. That's what happened in the garden. God was walking to engage with Adam and Eve. And where were they? They were hiding. Don't hide this year. Don't hide this year from the goals and the dreams God's given you. Don't hide this year from whatever God's placed upon your heart. Don't hide this year from the plans and hopes that you have. Don't hide. Whatever those goals and dreams that you have, submit them before the Lord. Place them at His feet. Because in that process, whatever it is you're planning will be excellent and worthy of praise. In closing, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts, goals, plans, on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, things that are excellent and worthy of praise. My prayer is that you would give to God time to intentionally engage with Him the goals and gifts, the plans, the hopes that you have. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, Lord, you have chosen us even when we don't feel chosen. Lord, you love us even when we struggle to love ourselves. Lord, you have gifted us, Lord, even when we can't even see the gifts. Lord, you have given us hope and a dream, Lord, you have the best plans for our life. Lord, you, you have things for us to do to, to prosper us, Lord, that in that prospering, Lord, that we might know the fullness of joy in serving the Master, that we might enjoy this life that you have given us, that we might make a difference. Lord, I pray that we would not hide from the cool breeze. We would not hide from your presence. Lord, in fact, we would seek it out. Lord, help us to be reminded that you truly are with us. Lord, may we be with you. Help us, Lord, and everybody said, Amen.